Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake Family of Podcasts. Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0. This week, we dive deep into the innards of a megalodon, and we fight our way through the jungle and make our way to the streets filled with rotten cotton. <laughs> wow. Um, just saying, th- these things are getting these things are getting straight up dirty, man. I it, want it's... to write something so much worse than that that it, this was. Hey, this threw you, me you off know... because my head was stuck on something else. I, you know, I think we're going to get to what your head was stuck on, and it may have looked a little something similar, similar to silly string, but you know, uh, let's let's you know weekly update, free flow, all that stuff. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the things we've kind of been up to uh, throughout the show instead of going into it right now. It's going to go into our episode pieces, so we're just going to jump into game chat because we got some stories to talk about the games that we've been doing, but other things that have been going on in the gaming community. And some stuff that we just kind of, we wanted to touch basis on. We got a lot of stuff. We promised Magicians 3 and uh, Jessica Jones Season 2. We're getting those out to you guys. Also, the Westworld stuff that I know you guys have been liking. Absolutely. So, Good stuff. Starting out with that, uh, I'm tossing this over to you, Nick. You've been playing PUBG on the PC with the guys from, uh, uh, it's Hot Drop? Yeah, Hot Drop. Yeah, yeah Hot Drop. The, the podcast for PUBG. Yeah, one of the best that I've found. I, what I did was I went across the interwebs and just basically put in, you know, PUBG podcast. And I started listening to three or four of them at the time. And this is the one that I kind of stuck with. Their Discord is fantastic to find players and to jump on Xbox, mobile, PC. It's a really good community that these guys, uh, Dan and Cody, are building over there. And I know you. I know you uh, joined the Discord too, and you probably popped. I did. It's really busy. It's really busy. It really it's just, yeah, I mean, so busy that I I started. I was, I was asking you, and I'm started promoting our uh, our Discord today. And I was saying to somebody on there, I was like, we got to promote our Discord a little bit more so we can get a little bit of interaction. People can tell us what they like, and uh, we can you know change or talk about what people really want to talk about or hear. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. And then we will also, uh, with that, we will also be getting back to live episodes here. Uh, get a couple of things squared away. We are going to be more than likely moving over to Mixer because that will also allow us to put in additional buttons as we gain uh, points and stuff like that to where anybody who's watching us live can actually interact with us via the social network options that they give us. Uh, on with that that medium so that's something that we will be going and moving over towards with you guys maybe some other cool uh info drops along with that when we get to that but back back to you absolutely so in game chat this week guys what i dived into was uh with the hotspot guys was the hot drop guys i always call them hotspot for some reason anyways PUBG. Because of the internet? I don't. They, 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 they must have some good Wi-Fi. Yeah. I don't know why I always do that, but the hot drop. Uh, Dano and Cody over there. Today, I dropped in with Dano and uh, 
a couple other guys. And, and earlier I played on Xbox from some of the guys on the Discord, Fugly and a couple other guys. So uh, all day today I've been playing a lot of PUBG. But I jumped into War Mode. It's the first time I got a chance to actually play War Mode. And I wanted to play it with some people that understood the game flow of it. So I didn't really just jump in on the PC side and jump in with a bunch of randoms. Because this War Mode is very fast-paced. It's difficult. So you need some backup. You need some buddies. Now, the first thing that I've experienced while playing this is that, one, when you jump out of the plane, you hit the ground quickly, very quickly. So you 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 launch. You, as soon as your parachute opens up, it's like another two or three seconds, and bam, you're on the ground. And they do that for a purpose is because you're getting all these it's teams of five, and you get all these teams to hit the ground at once, and you have every weapon. You have all level three gear. You have uh, weapons from the crates, from the drops. So, you know, the Graza, the M2, uh, was it the M24K or something like that? Mm-hmm. You have all those good weapons. And as soon as you drop, it's just open fire, man. And you got to go quick. So I was trying to follow them and, and figure out where the nice spots are to land. So you have a little bit of cover and the very fast paced game. What I liked about it was... Soon as I died the first time, because I was a little confused about how fast it was, and I kind of jumped behind the wall, is that about five, ten seconds later, I was back in the plane and I dropped back down on top of him again. And so you can actually see where the other players have died and dropped. So you can kind of like hit them from the sky, or as soon as they hit, you can hit them. It's a really fun, fast-paced game. I know, call it's kind of almost like team deathmatch, basically, but as a squad, it's extremely fun. I'm really happy that PUBG went outside of the battle royale box and decided to bring something in that's been you know set in stone for a long time by call of duty or halo or something like that it it was extremely fun i played for a couple hours we didn't get first place uh i was dragging us down because every time you get killed you lose points and every time you kill you you gain points and like a friendly fire you lose like 10 points and if you pick somebody up you gain three points also when you drop your teammates have the opportunity to pick you up but it goes so quick. Like you have, they have to be right next to you. If they're not right next to you, they're not getting you because it, you, there's no time. You're going to die real quick and you're just going to come back. Uh, but it's, it's really fun, man. Really fun. And uh, I hope we get a chance to uh, jump on there with those guys, me and you, and, and get some war mode going on. That'd be a lot of fun. And with this mode, do you pick your weapons, your loadout ahead of time? No. You're just randomly given. A different mixture of weapons? Absolutely, yeah. So you go in, okay. and you can only hold so much stuff. So even if you kill somebody and their crate is right there, yeah, you can pick up something, but you'd have to drop something. So if, say, you landed with a Groza and you wanted the M24 sniper rifle, I think it is, then you could go ahead and switch out your guns if you want to real quick if you want the sniper rifle. Uh, but you only okay. have so much, and you only get one health kit. So if I got hit a little bit, I would use the health kit because then I would jump into the crate that I got killed. And get another health kit just so I had max life the whole time, you know. Okay. Oh, that's not, that sounds like a lot of fun stuff. Like so, PUBG for me, I actually haven't been playing it very much. I've been playing game. I'm just now starting to, you know, get back into some gameplay. Uh, things in my life have settled down a little bit, so I'm actually getting, you know, I'm getting some time. So I'm, I hop, I hopped in, played a. a a round of PUBG, and I haven't played in for like forever. I've been playing. I've been on the Fortnite grind a little bit, you know. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm gonna hop in this. So I hopped in. I really didn't want to suck. 
that was like my main thing. Like I don't I don't want to suck. Like I gotta I gotta see if I still got it. And I had like the crappiest loadout. I had one guy was run in and like I just picked up a shotgun, a double barrel shotgun, loaded two rounds into it and laid on the ground. And then he runs in behind me, and I just close the bathroom door. And he opens up the bathroom door, runs in. And then I just, without a chance, I pop off both rounds. He falls over dead. I'm like, oh, God. Look at him. He didn't have anything. But then this other guy comes running in. But the wall was starting to come in on us already. And so just people were dying so fast this round that I got into that everything was shrinking up pretty fast. So I'm running. And I actually took the time. Like, I went through some buildings and things like that. And got shot at. Was managed to be able to heal. Wound up behind the map for a while. But actually behind the the, the storm, if you will. Or fog, shield. Got out of that. And actually survived by swimming across the river. <laughs> That's tough to do, too. Because that takes I a long know, time. But there, it, I swim across the river. And I had people shooting at me. So I'd have to dive underneath the water. Swim a little bit. Pop up for air. Dive underneath the water. Came down to it. I was so pissed. My controller, it came up. There wound up being like, I watched the numbers just dwindle. And then I was running in between buildings. I was getting, I was shooting people. Problem was, is that I would shoot people at the same time they're getting shot. So then other people would get the, would put the finishing kill on. But then they knew where I was shooting from. So I was like, oh God, I'm in a building. So I'd take a run for another building. I run and then my controller batteries die on me. (laughs) This is where people be like, you should have played on PC, USB power. But I get you, I get you. Yeah, my controller batteries die, I freeze. I got third place. I think I could have taken it had my controller not died. But, you know, I got third place. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I loved it. I Like, it was fun. It was like, I'm getting back into playing a game. It's like, I wasn't running around as a pirate. But, you know, it was something I was I was intrigued by. I was happy. You know? I was like, I was like, yeah, this is this is fun. Um. Now, aside from that, I said something about pirates. Real quick before you jump into that, I know you're gonna okay. I know you're gonna jump into. I just want to mention to you that right now the test server for Xbox is live. So, it is. So you should jump in and play on Miramar because that's what I was doing this morning. I was playing on Miramar the other the la- last 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 test uh, test that they have up. So oh, did you? Okay. I I really like Miramar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that to launch. Um. But I was actually going to jump into a different type of pirate talk because everybody's thinking that I was going to talk Sea of Thieves, which I am. I definitely am. There's a lot to talk about on Sea of Thieves. <laughs> but, but aside from that, so Inside Xbox did their their most recent uh, episode, which was really cool. I was in tweeting away. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you'd see the hashtags and stuff. So what I did on there when I was talking about it is the guy from the lead developer from Hello Games. Now, a lot of people... A lot of people don't trust this guy. This guy said a lot of things, promised a lot of things, and basically the PlayStation NPC basically beta tested a game that is now going to launch in full on Xbox. Uh, they, you know, th- th- I'm talking about No Man's Sky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have, and- I have No Man's Sky. Now you guys will be receiving an update for free called uh, Nowhere No Man's Sky Next multiplayer when the game launches. Yeah, yeah, next month, which is the multiplayer that they promised the game was going to have from the start. I'm excited for this game because I wanted. I almost bought. This is the closest I came to buying a PlayStation Four was because of this game. Good thing you didn't. And I, 
and I could and I could have had it bought it on PC, and yeah. I didn't buy it on PC. But I was like, I want to play it on a console. I'm glad I didn't buy it for that because I would have been angry. However, I waited, and now I'm going to have an opportunity to play it on Xbox One X with enhanced 4K graphics and that multiplayer stuff where I'm going to be able to go around and I'm just the reason I said pirate is because yes you can build you can do all these things in this war in this game and you can finally do that so he says I'm going to jump in and say I believe him because the thing is is that he was very careful in his interview with uh uh with Cram Boyd not to overstate his promises this time he said he basically he kept with what he said it was going to do you know he was in the hot seat and they they kind of they kind of grilled him a little bit which is fine he deserves to be grilled for the promises of everything he said now the engine that he did create for this game i want to say that excuse me a lot of people are talking touting these procedurally generated engines you know we have a lot of games that are using this type of content but the engine that they created is a very unique engine and deserves to be touted as a great, you know, a, a great um, achievement. Hopefully now with this expansion and it'll bring people back onto PC, hopefully bring players back onto PlayStation and captivate, actually captivate and not like be a, you know, a floater. Hopefully it captivates a bit large audience on the Xbox, and I'm excited. I'm going to be jumping into it. I will be. My boys will be jumping into it. What I like is that instead of a game where I have to be limited on how many people I can play with, supposedly, because of the way the clan base and everything works, supposedly it is if you have friends, you can group together. So it's that's what's being said right now. I don't know until I play it. I'm holding my breath a little bit on it, but I'm definitely going to jump in. And I'm telling you, you're going to hear stories of space pirates. I am going full ice pirates. <laughs> like, I, you know, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. I'm going to go full ice pirates. I'm going to steal your booty in space. I, I am excited for this. I'm going to get myself a crew of people. And we're going to be like the Ravagers from, uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I'll, uh, maybe I'll call myself Taserface or something. <laughs> so last year they started coming out with the foundation updates to try to correct some of the game that they actually promised to us when they came. And I, I bought it on release date on launch uh, uh, day and I was really excited for this title. I really wanted to enjoy this game and I put a lot of time into it. And when everybody started dogging on the game, I still was playing it, but I kind of just wore me down because what, was there was this vast universe that you could barely really tap into now yeah you can fly to different planets and you know at the beginning and you could explore and check out the you know different life uh and all, all these other different planets or you land on one that's extremely hot or one that's extremely cold and you have to adjust to that but last year when i jumped back into it after some of these foundation updates is you could build places you could change the landscape you could hire engineers to run your uh agriculture or your technical side of things it it got so i was so far behind and trying to catch up to all the new things they added to the game i basically just put on twitter like okay now this is a real game now they added so much stuff and they did what the fans did wanted them to do so i know they put out something a very bad launch day game but they've they've listened and they fixed and like you said they built something to run this on so uh 
I'm excited for the multiplayer thing, and I I really can't wait. I, I you, you might have to you might have to pick it up on Xbox to run around with uh, run around with a few of us. I don't know if I'll pay another sixty dollars for it. I picked it up on PlayStation because it you know you saw the trailers for it. It looked beautiful. Oh, yeah. No, it it looked beautiful. It looked like, like something we've is... never seen before. And yeah, yeah, I was yeah. I was hyped for it. And I'm all about open world survival games. You throw space in there, yeah. and I'm, I, you know, I'm your huckleberry. So this is something that, yeah, definitely you'll hear more about when it launches. We'll be talking about that. But on the other side of sea of thieves, <laughs> um, uh, new DLC was, you know, we've been waiting for the new DLC. We got the announcement date. It's going to come out on the 29th. Now, with that release date, it's for the hungering deep and we were introduced to a pirate a very like the animation i'm just gonna dial it back here so we've got a trailer where there's a pirate a very grizzled grizzled fellow scarred beyond all belief he has two peg legs a hook for a hand that is barely a hook it's like an a piece of wood with a nail bent through it and one good hand and one good eye that can barely see because of all the scarring and lots lots of this scarring is all shark marks this guy has been this guy i you know what i thought that i was the one who started drunken shark punching league but i'm gonna tell you merrick is uh, is definitely he is definitely the purveyor of drunken shark punching league and uh we need to talk to him because he obviously knows the way uh but He's a he's the, a grizzled vet of a uh, shark punching lead. Yeah, he yeah. So I need to talk to him to figure out the exact rules of this game. That maybe I maybe I you know didn't didn't know were actually a part of it. But the pirate gen- this, generator though, just just to talk game. about the pirate generator for CFEs. This guy they they generated this guy off their generator, and you could probably make this guy. He's amazing, man. I looked at him, I was like, he's so much better than my pirate. <laughs> yeah, like I just looking at him, like so. Yeah, th- this was they 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 worked around. They wanted to come up with the character, so they they kept generating. They did the whole thing where they kept going around, letting it spin, letting it spin. They found it, and they're like, okay, we're gonna go with this. Yes, they added their own little touches to them, as in the the you know obviously the tattoos and the scarring to make sure that he definitely looked like he had been fighting with the shark, yeah. and the fact that he has maybe this is something. I'm hoping this is something we can see in the future where we could have, you know two peg legs if we wanted to you know it, it just be as ridiculous as we could as we can be but what i loved about this animation is as a lot of people might not remember but back when viva pinata came out rare had an animated tv series for viva pinata and it was actually really good like a lot of us adults that were fans of rare actually you know it was like a guilty pleasure to admit that we watched this cartoon and the humor was really good so Seeing this animation, I don't know who did the animation. I, I will find out. And uh, I know that uh, Jeff from uh, AKA Rare Fanatic on Twitter, I know that him and I both were in a talking in a strand about how much we just love this character and how we want to see more of this from Rare. And we would love to see a Sea of Thieves, you know, series with this animation. This animation just was it like it tops like Pixar type stuff. Like this really had us going. We were talking about just the way that he was wiggling his hips and stuff and fidgeting. And then you'd see like it looked like he would have been trying to fidget his hand if it wasn't a hook, but then the other hand was moving. And I'll tell you what, I now know why that rare tea is so expensive because did you see how flammable and it made him have visions? I don't think that's tea. 
Unless it's made from like mushrooms and like other types of leaves, I don't think that's a tea that we get here. That's why that stuff sells for so much to the uh, uh, to, to, to to the trade company. But uh, oh, you when you trade in, it, when you trade in the crates of tea, yeah, he just sit there grabbing the tea and just throwing it into the flyer, and then all of a sudden you, it goes into images that he's seeing. It's painting the images and making them come alive on the wall. I'm like, I think that's something to do with mushrooms, but. The other thing you see in this is you see Kravatha, which uh, is the name that was given to the little animated crab that's going across the screen, which we actually think is going to... We know that originally they were talking about as pets. Crabs were one of the things that were listed as pets, and the artwork's in the book. So seeing the crab on there, maybe it's just going to be something that's going to start to come into the world to make the world feel a little more alive, or how cool would it be just to have another thing added into the trading company that we could get different colored crabs and things like that. Have to do a little diving for but. In the trailer, we know that there's a new weapon coming of some sort, a new item to help you deal with these things. And you see these these ancients, if you will. That's what they're called. So the people that painted the walls and stuff in Sea of Thieves are called the ancients. And you see them in the paintings throwing harpoons. We also see in the taverns and stuff, we see different various types of harpoons that are in there on display. That makes it really easy for them to grab those models and sell them as different you know, types of harpoons. And then we could grab those and use those now there was no t- talk other than you see the image and you see this giant shark that supposedly two crews came together and were playing music and we saw drums it looked like a drum and even i think believe like an actual violin may have been being played that worked to summon this beast but there also is talk of a sacrifice so we're curious if the sacrifice is you have to sacrifice like treasure or something to the, the megalodon which is what this is uh to keep it from coming up on you or if it's not a megalodon that's what it looks like it's a giant shark beast reason we know this is because they changed their twitter and all their social media images changed to where you see a sloop the front end of a sloop you see a pirate on deck looking over and you see a bunch of like uh floating barrels and you see a pirate swimming across, and this is very reminiscent of some posters of Jaws. And you see through the crystal clear water a giant, giant, giant shark. And you don't even see the whole body, you just see a part of the body. And this thing looks like it would I mean, compared to the sloop it dwarfed it, it looks like it would be at least at least the size of a galleon, if not larger. Yeah, it looks it looks massive. <laughs> and I don't think it's a giant shark. I think it's a megalodon. Yeah, it's a giant. It's a megalodon. And so, you know, th- this got us talking on Twitter. So we were going back and forth. We had people saying, you know, hey, now we got to go see Jason Statham, you know, the Meg, which I want to go see because it's a giant shark movie, you know. But still, it's like, I want to go see it now because Sea of Thieves, because it's like, you know, I, I want to see it and then I want to make jokes about it. When the Megalodon comes out after me, because I know when this happens, you know, the Kraken, when it happens, I know I can defend against this thing. But this thing, this thing looks completely different and it looks like it's going to take us by storm. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for our first update because this is also the start of our weekly updates. So one of the things you'll be hearing about on here is we will probably start just making sure that each week, you know, for the time being, as long as we are active in Sea of Thieves. And if you guys like it, I mean, you guys can tell us, hey, too much Sea of Thieves talk. But you know what? I like Sea of Thieves and I like to talk about it. So, uh, and I geek out about it. I geek out about the stuff, man. Uh, 
we're going to probably do a lot of talk about the updates each week. You know, what's coming up for us to do, get involved in. Uh, we may even start talking. I might start bringing in and quizzing my, my boys and stuff like that and talk about some of the updates each week to uh, uh, to some of the games we're playing. Because, like, uh, I know weekly updates are coming for challenges and stuff like that. We've been doing a lot of that stuff in the games we play. Similar games like playing Fortnite and just just stuff we can talk about a little bit with that. Now, outside of Sea of Thieves talk, as hard as for me to tear myself away, I wanted to talk another about another pirate game that I people who know know follow me on here or anything you know know that I'm a fan of is uh, I'm a fan of pirate games, but I'm also a fan of Ubisoft. Like I love the games that they put out. Absolutely, yeah. And last E3, we know we're coming up on E3, so we know we're going to see a lot about this stuff, but some stuff came up. Some One thing that I'm happy to be a huge fan of is getting pushed forward, and another's getting dialed back. Now, I don't know if this is in response to to Destiny getting a little better. I don't know if this is in response to the fact that Sea of Thieves is coming back out punching with their new content and stuff that they have coming on, or why that Ubisoft chose to do this, but they have a pirate game called Skull and Bones. And uh, I'm just going to uh, read off of a, a kind of an article right now that was found on Dark Horizons. I love that site. But right now they're talking about gaming company Ubisoft has announced a shakeup for its release schedule with one of their high-profile AAA titles delayed and another seemingly moving forward. The bad news in relation to Skull and Bones, the lavish-looking open-world pirate adventure announced at E3 last year. Now, they seem like they know something more than what we know because yeah we know it's supposed to be open world but the trailer that we saw for skull and bones never shows you getting off the ship it doesn't show you get off the ship a la assassin's creed and moving around we don't see that we would like to see that i would like to know that i can edit my pirate captain to make him a more dashing or more evil looking character and i i would say that if i can actually jump off my ship and I can go around cities and do other stuff other than being on just a boat, then that would make me even more excited about this game. Now, I'm excited either way because it's it's being touted as like a competitive style, and so it's like I can get my pirate fix playing a competitive style game, which is fine. You know, I'm you know if I'm sailing around in a boat, it's like I'm in the boat. It's like I'm playing like a wave race 64 where I can run around and shoot people. <laughs> so what a reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you knew how I played Wave Race 64, we would go backwards and play tag and like try to run into each other and take the time limit off. It was yeah, this was how like we'd play. That's how old games used to be. You have to make up your own game inside of the game because you played it so much. And that's the thing is that's like that that's why because of right there because of what you said there that is why Sea of Thieves works so well for me because I'm able to make up my own games in the game. Yeah, I understand. And, I understand that. Yeah, because like. One of the things that I wanted to talk about on that was like last night we did we did a skull raid. We're gonna get back to this article here real soon, but I forgot one thing I wanted to say was that we did a skull raid, got getting attacked by this other two sloops, and then a big galleon came in. We had done all the waves except for the final wave, and this little sloop came in, managed to kill up both of all or the three of us on our galleon, and get the get the uh, key. They took off. Two and a half hours, we kept seeing this sloop come back and these other other sloops and the other galleon go over there. So we knew someone hit the key. So we fought for two hours. Finally, we all went into game chat, started talking to each other, 
And then as we're talking and we're dancing and getting achievements so we can help each other out, you got, we wound up having like, there's nine of us talking to each other. This other sloop comes in. I'm like, hey, I remember that guy. I killed that guy. That's the guy that killed, then he came back and he killed me. He comes in, he goes, so guys, uh, I just wanted to let you guys know, you guys are being cool. Would you mind if we like split the treasure up? Because I have this key hidden somewhere and I want to go to bed. It's like five in the morning and you guys aren't leaving. So there's nine of you guys and there's only two of us. Can we split the, the loot? So we all jump on to the sloop so we can keep this guy honest. There's now 10 of us on the sloop. Deadly Cuss is, is, is off on the, on another boat. Otherwise, there would have been 12 of us in the end. He gets to the island and we all come out from the... He goes, I want you guys all hide underneath the underneath the underneath the boat so we all went under on the bottom of the boat he goes hey guy he goes hey start bring the treasure chest on bring the key so his buddy comes out he goes okay come up so we all run up there's nine of us that are you know then he's like why would you do this oh my god so he starts shooting and we're like just healing ourselves and laughing and playing music so he's like well why would you guys do this like you know just let us have our treasure so they went and got the two expensive the skull and the treasure chest then everybody else went and split up the stuff. Jake and I were the uh, were the only ones left online. We decided, hey, you know, Deadly had to leave. Like, you guys just take the treasure. This was cool enough. We talked. We wound up talking to this other guy. Found out it was his first day playing the game. Jeez. This was his first day playing the game, and this was his rea- His thing he got in a massive fight. He got a talk. He got a massive amount of treasure, and he got a visit with us, and we wound up making friends with him and his other buddies. We're going to be sailing around. Other things that that's the type of things, adventures and stuff that happens to these. Now, if that happens in Skull and Bones, I'm going to be a happy camper. But the thing about Skull and Bones is it was had originally a target date for 2018, but it's now been pushed to the fiscal year of 2019 to 2020. This could be a good thing. Like maybe originally they had only planned ship combat. And if that's, uh, you know, because right now it's talking about the fall of 2019 is when this is coming out. Yeah. Now, I'm kind of fine with this because I got my pirate game and this gives me another pirate game in the future to look forward to. And if they're going out to make this a bigger, better experience, basically make it a Assassin's Creed open world game. Only it's their pirate version and it's a realistic one. Please, guys, go do this. Because one of the things about about it was that it was such so so deep into the features of tactical naval combat with single and multiplayer modes. So it was an open world that had the single player. So if you single player fans that, you know, uh, games like Sea of Thieves don't scratch, this would get you your pirate fix. But... Now, why would it be getting pushed back? Well, maybe, to, like I said, to add those extra features in. But they're pushing something up. And you guys all know, I'm a fan of The Division, guys. I'm a fan of The Division. I was, like, that was that was what I was originally a part of for podcasting. And uh, we're not going to say the name of that podcast, but, you know, hey. Uh, other than the fact that I did help out community team for, uh, for Rogue Agent Radio. I have a ball cap for that and a t-shirt. Love those guys. But... The Division 2 is being moved up to March. So it's still fiscal year 2018. It launched in March. We're going to get the Division 2. 
in March. That is freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm I can't wait to see what they have at E3. Yeah, I'm excited about this. They also says an article that the crew too is probably going to be pushed up to that same fiscal year. Uh, I don't know much about the crew. I don't really play that game, but the Division Two. That's the big news. That game's going to be massive. That's going to be a massive, massive uh, multiplayer game for us on this podcast, plus everybody in the Discord to uh, check out and play. I'm really excited for this. Uh, yeah, this that that is. I mean, uh, sorry beating around the bush there, guys, but yeah, Division Two coming in March is freaking fantastic. You know, the, the division really has had a resurgence and they've really dialed in. And the thing is, is that they say that they know this. They say they know what they do well and that they're not going to take that the sequel will feel like a sequel, but will also feel welcoming to those of you that are accustomed to what's going on currently in the game. So instead of having a game that launches bare bones like Destiny did, Destiny 2 did, where you're not, you took all that, you had this perfection basically in Destiny 1 and he took it all away and then changed up everything and said, oh, hey, it's a sequel, but it's it's a good. They're giving you, they're saying, hey, you know, this stuff happened. Why, why, break, why break that? We're going to give you this and then we're going to add more to that. So that's that's something that's pretty damn cool. And guys, if you want more on Division and Division 2, definitely check out our our you know our podcast friends from Ninja Pancake. Go over and check out the Bombshell Jackets. Can't stress it enough. If you're into the Division, check out their podcast. They're freaking humorous as all hell and just very, very cool with their wealth of knowledge. Remy, when he breaks down like builds and stuff, like if you know this guy, like he built, he, he's he's like a, he's huge into into like attack builds and stuff like that, and speed builds for Diablo. And basically, the division has become Diablo with guns, as he says. So it's kind it's of like, like the builds, that now, yeah, yeah. The, the builds are insane. So definitely go over and check check that out. Uh, other things in game is a, a game that's supposed to be coming out on this Tuesday, but if you have the collector's edition. Or you're like a, you know, got connections via writing articles and things like that. You may have been playing, running around in State of Decay 2. And I'm playing that game right now. I bought the I bought the, the collector's version and uh, the ultimate edition. I got to tell you, first off, the items it gives you and the ability it gives you Definitely worth the ultimate edition. Uh, you know, you have everything you you gain in the game. Your your money is influence. For four hundred influence, I can get myself one hell of a car that's already souped up. So, and I can call that car, and I can call as many. I can keep calling that down. So if it blows up, I can get it back. But you also get a bunch of other stuff with that. You get like you you get some packs and everything. It really kind of help you get your community going. But I got to tell you. The multiplayer is fun. Like some people are like going, oh, I wish that it could actually be real multiplayer where you you live in the same environment as the other people. But you got to think about this. When you got a game that is, it's your, your resources are finite and you have to expand out further and further to be able to get resources. If you have multiple people living on a server and the world's only as big as it is, you're going to eat those up a lot sooner than if you were to be, hey, I'm on my own server, but I need help. Hey, I'm pulling up. I'm going to shoot off a flare in the sky. 
please somebody come on my match and help me or I'm going to invite a friend. Come on here. I'm playing private. Come on here and just help me out with this. I'm trying to take out this, this area. It's really difficult. Just be careful, guys. You bring your survivor over. I'm going to tell you this much. You bring your survivor that you have over with you into somebody else's game. And if you don't know what they're asking for help on and you come underprepared, you could very well lose your survivor real quick. So that's one thing with me is huh. I'm not jumping into, I made the mistake right off the bat and jumped into somebody's game and almost lost my survivor. And so I do not, I will not be jumping into people's games just randomly. If I know you, then yes, I'll come in and help out, but let me know, you know, communicate with me. Tell me what you need help with, but I'll tell you, man, the first game was awesome, but this game. <sighs> so let me ask you a couple of things. Okay. How many how many hours you got into it so far? <laughs> so you got a lot. Uh, I'd have to look, man. No, I, sorry. Just uh, yeah, it, I I got I know I got over ten. Okay, so that's good. That's a good base. So State of Decay one for me was a very long, long game. Uh, I'm what I'm trying to say is I put a lot of hours into it because it pulled me in. And I enjoyed it so much, and I wanted to get through and pretty much explore everything, and plus all the DLCs that came out for it, and you know the multiplayer. Um, so so far on State of Decay two, how are you feeling about the gameplay? The mechanics are they the same? Have they changed? They've they've changed some, but for the most part, a lot of it a lot of it still is the same. There are times when you're getting into like a fight and you've pressed a button a few times where your character, you might be used to a game where you have full control of your character, but sometimes when he's getting overrun by zombies, he might start, they might start freaking out and do a couple swings themselves. And then that can kind of throw you off a little bit, but it's not as brutal. Like when you think like in the first game where your survivor, if you died, if you're down, you were down, like you'd see bloody blood gushing everywhere get ripped you get in situations where you honestly think you're dead like like glenn the first time when he had the body fall on top of him okay but it looked like that you'll have i've had five moments like that three with the same survivor that um where I th i'm like they're dead they're dead and then like i'm stumbling and just by the grace of the game lords i make it to the vehicle and I'm able to peel out and make it back home and get them, you know, get them ch checked in to, Switch out the to my base. Yeah. Um, I don't think I lost. I think I only lost one survivor in State of Decay 1. And then I learned my lesson. And I basically kind of just played very uh, standoffish a little bit. I didn't want to lose anybody that I've built up at that point in time. And then you kind of find your favorite characters, and then you realize you're playing them a little bit too much, and so you actually got to branch out a little bit. Is it kind of the same same idea? It is very much the same idea. Okay. You, you, a lot more different skill sets that you have to learn this time around, and you have to you have to recruit because you got to think this base only has so many beds. Like I just found this place where there's a base where it's fortified. Like it, they took whoever made this place, they took a train track. And it only can comfortably hold four people, four survivors, because there's only two beds. And, but it's got towers already built on it. It's got all this stuff for weapons and everything. It's like, I mean, it's a fortress. It would be hard as hell for undead to get into it. So if I want, but the problem then also, if I go down to four survivors, 
Like I'd have to exile people because I'm, I'm sitting on seven right now. Okay. I would have had, and um, I'm already overcrowded in my little house that I got and I can't expand out. So I'm looking for a place where I can expand out more too. And then I can start transferring everything over. But the, the gameplay, it feels like, it's like, have you ever played the Sims? I'm not a Sims guy. No. Okay. Well, if you're a fan of the Sims, this plays similarly to the Sims because you know you have to monitor everybody's. If you if you played the Sims, like this game is like this is the Walking Dead version of the Sims for you, except for you're more interactive with it when you're taking control of things. Like I went to save a guy and I helped him out, and I was like, okay, this guy's got the. I looked at his skill sets. I was like, hey. This is a recruit I want. Hey, I would actually exile one of my people that's a bum, basically. I have one person that I survived. Her name's Shots. I thought Shots meant guns, right? <laughs> She's a bartender. What kind of skill set can I do with the bartender? She gets you Don't... drunk. Well, and the thing is, is incidentally, in my map right now, one of my groups that I'm friends with are a bunch of drunks. In fact, I just helped them make a make a still, and they are brewing moonshine for me. And it's like, I didn't. But meanwhile, my buddy, who's a writer, I jump in with into his game and help him out, and he has gun runners as his buddies. I feel gypped. I'm like, <laughs> you, I got the drunk people. You got alcoholics, and he has. Uh... Yeah, I got alcoholics. He has military think, people. <laughs> he's got military people. He's got military people that are that are running that are his buddies. And he still is like, "Hey, can you come in and help me?" I'm like, "No, man. You just go. You go use your your you go use your influence and and bring these people on." Now, watching this game on Twitch and stuff like that, it's a game that it's played. You have to be in order to play this game on Twitch or on Mixer and have it be entertaining. It can be very entertaining because of the way that the interactions are between the characters and you, it feels real. It feels like the walking dead, but you need, you need to be animated because there is slow lull times in between the Oh shit times. Yeah. And because of that, you have to be a very animated streamer. So if you are going to stream this, yes, you can make this incredibly entertaining. Yes. People will find good, excuse me, good things to talk about from it. But you really do have to be animated in order to cover these quiet times. And and that's that's the that's the main thing I would say about it, but the game itself uh like when I'm playing anything else or if I'm doing something I have a chance to play a game right now I'm thinking like I'm thinking okay, I want to do a couple couple things on Sea of Thieves, make some money so I'm ready for the expansion. And then I'm like, uh what's going on here? Oh, I want to I want to jump on, maybe play one round of PUBG. But my main focus right now is I want to be on State of Decay. I want to be working. I'm worried about my people. Like, you know, oh, they're sad. I need to find this new big place for us to move into so we can become. I have right now people that are stealing from me. And there's this thing called the Red Talon. And you might as well have made, at least in my base. And I don't know because, like, everything's, everything's different. Like, you don't know. Everything's randomly generated. So my survivors I got to pick from are different than the survivors that you get to pick from. Yeah. And when you, like, if for whatever reason I decide, okay, this map, I don't want to do this. I want to do something else. I can call in for influence. I can call in on the radio 
and get an exit point, and then I can get people piled in my vehicle, and I can exit out and start on a, the same map, but it would be a new town over, so it would be repopulated and re-randomly generated with filled with items and stuff. Now, to beat the game, you have to beat all... There's five plague hearts, and each time you... This is like... This is like Highlander. Each time you take out one of these plague hearts, which is the things that are powering these plague zombies. Plague zombies are the ones you really have to worry about because they're the ones that can infect you. Um, when you take out these hearts, if you take out all five, then that's it. Like that's that's the survival. But the problem is that each time you kill a heart, the other hearts grow more powerful, and they're harder to kill. Huh. So you have to get more like uh, like fire and explosive are the main way to destroy them. And be able to survive all the zombies that are around. Incidentally, I learned that, like, my second plague heart I took out, I'm like, okay, I have a bunch of drunkards that I don't like necessarily living by me. I want their stuff, though. And there's only one guy that's on the team that I want to actually use. I want to take because he's got really good skills. So I have been hiring them because they're my friends and taking them out to do things and trying to get them to die. So that if they die, and enough of them die, I could be like, hey, buddy. You steal their stuff. I'm like, I'm going to take your stuff, but I'll take you. I'll offer you guys, I'll offer you a shelter. Come stay with me. You know, look look at this Abby that I got. She's got a big booty. Come come lay with her. She'll keep you warm. You know, or hey, I got this guy here. If you want, if you want the doctor, the doctor will keep you warm too. But, you know. We don't judge. Yeah, we don't judge. But no, the game itself is amazing. And it feels like I am like the director of my own Walking Dead series. There's going to be a lot more. It's going to be coming out. I'll talk more about it, and I'll be getting my review up on that here soon. But it's uh, yeah, I'll pick that up next week. It'll come out, yeah. and I'll get a chance to play it. Right now, I'm in the midst of God of War still because I've been busy. But uh, soon as I'm done God of War, I'll definitely that's the next game I'm playing. It's it's so good, and like I said, get it up, get it up, pick it up on Xbox, so then we can absolutely. I can jump, I can jump in and help you out. That's where I got State of Decay One on is Xbox. Well, actually, it's right. You have to get on Xbox or PC, and so if you get digital, which you download it digitally, yep. if you do digital, then you have it on PC too. So, oh, okay, sweet. That you know, talking about State of Decay, if you if you guys are on there, uh, if you guys are on playing State of Decay, if you're on Xbox or whatever. My gamer tag is Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, space, Nash, N-A-S-H. You know, send me a message. Say, hey, I listened to you on the podcast. I would like to play a game with you. And I will jump into a game with you, and I will help you out in State of the Decay. I will jump into, you know, if you're playing Division, you're playing whatever you're playing, let me know. If you're playing a multiplayer game, I probably got it, and I'll jump in and play with you. But, yeah, State of the Decay right now, and see if these, you want to play in a game on those, Shoot me a message. I got Definitely one better for you. In the in di- the in the show notes is the Discord. Join the Discord. Hit us up yes. on there. Tell us what you want to play. Tell us what you're playing right now. You know, we'll jump in, especially some PUBG or Fortnite for Damien. Sea of Thieves for Damien. I jump on Sea of Thieves too. You know, definitely anything like that. Where I would love oh, to play. Oh, with you guys. or Laser League. I Laser League for your sports Tron fans out there. Check out the game Laser League. It's all over the place. It's awesome. It's basically they're trying to make it the they're trying to get it to catch fire. It's I think it's going to take a little bit, kind of like that slow burn that like Rocket that League started. Yeah, Rocket League was a slow burn at first. Absolutely, then, it was actually free then, on PS Plus first, yeah. and then that, and they then gave it, it away over. for free, and now it's killing it. Yeah, yeah. So I think Laser League is going to be like that. We'll talk more about Laser League in the next episode because uh, I can actually get some more people to play it, but. 
next up, guys, we're going to go into trailer talk. Trailer talk this week. We got some interesting things. So I want. So first up, the Predator trailer is out. Yeah, you know that I'm a huge Predator and Aliens fan, and so this was like one of those things. Seeing the trailer, I've gone through so many different versions of it, just doing the the slow mo going. It wasn't until I just recently saw a picture of what the Predator looks like outside of his gear that I'm like, okay, now I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Because we know that they are genetically altering themselves. So I I was worried. I was really worried that this was going to make it to where I'm going to have some weird looking Predator, uh, which I would have been fine if it would have followed a couple things of the storyline. But from what I was seeing is, is the only thing I'm seeing is that they they're smaller. Now there's different ways that they could uh, they could work they could choose to go about this. If they were to be Yacha, which are the younger predators, oftentimes they are smaller okay. than the, than the so if they are Yacha, then they are they could potentially explain this. But I don't think it is, and so the problem that I, I'm seeing is that it looks like they're the same size of humans. So I'm trying to figure out if they're gonna reference that, because we all know it as like an eight feet tall super soldier basically you did say before though that they were talking about doing genetic um, they are altering. yeah so they so, so maybe yeah, so they could be the still photo you're looking at maybe is not in the point of the movie yet where they've enhanced themselves or you know something possibly like that. possibly yeah um but the the preview and stuff like that it shows all the different characters and stuff like that looks i mean it looks decent it shows a kid playing with he's got the armor of a predator and he's messing with it. He's thinking that it's, oh, it's a toy. It's a starship or something. And he's playing with it. Well, he winds up by messing with the stuff. We don't know why this kid has access to a box that has Predator stuff in it. It's basically a remote control for a drone. But the drone is the Predator ship. Yeah. And he doesn't know what he's doing with it. And he crashes into his building blocks. <laughs> yeah. And it makes the Predator ship crash into Earth. Now, the first thing I think of when I see this and I don't know who this kid's connected to is I start thinking Dutch. Okay. Which is, which is the survivor from the very first movie, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I start thinking, is this a grandson? Is this a, you know, is, is this a young son? It'd have to be a grandson. Yeah. It'd have to be grandson. You know, is this a grandson of Dutch? Is this, did Dutch's son, you know, grandson inadvertently bring the predators back to earth? I'm like, I mean, there's got to be something. Maybe like, it was something to, like, that Dutch passed on to his son, the artifact, and then the kid accidentally yeah. got into his dad's stuff. And I mean, yeah, it's like I, I get in, my kids come in and they look at my grandfather's uh, Japanese, you know, World War II rifle that was handed to him. You know, so it's like it's definitely something that's not out out of the the you know the possibilities here. It's not all the norm. Yeah, you can see the kid getting into it. So basically, one of these things that I was saying is is that we get this preview and it's. It goes through, and you see the kid doing that. You know, you, you get we we get to introduce to the science teacher that seems to be a lot more than a science teacher because we were told it's a science teacher, but it sounds more like a scientist um, because she's the one that explains that they're genetically altering themselves and stuff in the trailer, and it looks. I mean, it looks like it's got everything. It's got all the weapons. It's got. It looks like it's got that high action. It's got that fun. I'm I'm intrigued by it because. You know, Predators, I really enjoyed, but it, it took it. some people had a hard time with them going to a different planet. This puts it back on Earth. 
you know, it, it looks something like it looks entertaining, but I'm still, I can't help it, but I'm still feeling like I'm a little bit edgy with it. Like, um, I saw, I just, I, I, I felt good about the trailer. I mean, it was in front of Deadpool two for me. The audience, when the trailer ended, the audience had some murmur in the crowd. And it's a packed theater, you know, looking good. You know, my wife was like, oh, yeah, that looks great. I I see your trip, uh, you know, you're you're a giant fan of it. I, to me, it looks really good. I, I think it's going to it's gonna fulfill what I want out of a Predator movie. It might not hit the standard that you have set for it. It's And that's the problem is, is that it's like I'm I there's there's not a lot of things where that where I'm this big of a fan on but I am such a huge fan on the Predator and Alien franchise and and I'm forgiving but this is one of those ones where I'm like yeah I'm a little little on edge now one of the problems is is that there's an actor in it he's and you know he's this is an actor who like I really like him and also like him because he's my age like he's uh, actually uh, 11 days uh, older than me, but I'm talking about uh, Boyd Holbrook. Yeah, and uh, if you don't know who he is, he was in he was Pierce in Logan. Mm. He was also Jeff in Gone Girl. Uh, he was Kyle in The Host. Uh, he's been he's been in in quite a few quite a few things, but more recently he was in uh, oh uh, he was in Narcos. He was uh, Steve Murphy. Yeah, he's the main agent in season one of Narcos. Unfortunately, he was not in season two, which I was really disappointed in. But season one of Narcos, he was fantastic. Yeah. So this gets you. So my problem is, is that I feel like I'm seeing a. I feel like I'm when in watching the preview. I feel like I'm seeing Pierce. In a. I feel like I see Pierce from Logan before he got his ass handed to him by Logan or, or not by Logan, but by uh mutant 22. Um, and so, but he plays Quinn McKenna and he's like one of the main, he's like, he's basically the Schwarzenegger of, of the film. And it maybe I guess my main issue with it so far is that he seems like he's playing the same character from Logan. Okay. I mean, so I understand. I think they, that's. If I think that's probably my problem is more with his portrayal than anything right now. It's a small trailer that you're uh, projecting that off of. I I <laughs> am I am, but I'm telling you, man. I I know they, I know you're nervous. I know you want this to land hard. I know you want it to be good, and I understand. I mean, that's how I feel about every Batman movie that comes out or Superman movie for DC. You know, I want them to be great, yeah. and they're not always are. Uh, but so for Predators, the new, you know, kind of getting a reboot here, but it's not a reboot though, is it? It's a continuation. No, it's the actual continuation yeah, from so, the very, from the first one. So it, that should it, make you happy right there that they're trying to do something and pull from the past and bring it into the, you know, that's why the grandson connection that you have there makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like that's it. Uh, I'm not sure completely, but I mean, it, it's got a good cast. It's got a really good cast. Um, so, so that it's just, and, and it's got a good director. It's got a good director. So I, I'm feeling like it's like, it's in a good, a good place, but 
I'm just, I'm just worried, man. I'm just, I'm still worried. And like, you don't, anybody that knows me on the show knows I'm known as the Care Bear, knows that I'm not typically worried about anything. So why would I be worried about this? Uh, because it's the Predator. So we're, it, the, check the preview out, guys. You know, tweet it out to me, join on our Discord and talk to us about it because, uh, tell me what you guys think. Because I would like to talk to someone that's, I'd like to talk to someone that's as big a fan of this franchise as I am. Um, and maybe you can help pull my head out of it and say, hey, I'm being a, I'm being a jackass. Now, like I said, there is a picture. You can you can go to IMDb and you can see the picture of the, the still of the Predator picking. It looks like he's either stabbing through a government agent or whatnot and flinging him overhead. And he's only got he doesn't have the mask on doesn't even have any chest armor on so this is usually what we where we see as a as a like a, a last time fight but being the fact that he's in this lab and we see in the preview of this lab I'm th- and he's holding he's holding it looks like a DNA um like a shot or something it looks I am like a, you. one of those tubes those little yeah. titanium tubes that you twist open and has some type of or maybe that's the genetic enhancement in his hand it right could there. could be. And that's yeah. why he's wearing very basically, he's wearing the bare minimum. He just basically has something yeah. around his torso. What I think about is I think that he's actually, I think that the ship crashed and that they're studying him and they think he's dead and he wakens up. Yeah, that makes I think, sense. I, I, so I think this is the scene where he wakes up. I think this is right when he's going to starting to get ready to fight. So that's my prediction, but check out the picture. The picture of the, of the Predator and seeing that it is our traditional predator that is that's got me happy that's got me feeling uh that that's where the positivity came back with me and has me have being hopeful now guys let's let's get happy you know let you know that 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 has me for worried so if i was to get happy maybe i would start thinking about you know sesame without the sesame you know sesame street without the sesame and I'll just go straight to the streets muppets without the jim henson well, no, they're not without the Jim Henson. They're in fact, this is Jim Henson's sons. That's what I mean. It's, dream, it's, yeah. So this is this is without this is without the master, the original. His son finally gets his. You know, if you've you've been following this for a long time, you know that I talked about this a long time ago. I talked about Happy Time Murders a long time ago. Well, Happy Time Murders is if you thought you know Who Framed Roger Rabbit had some risque moments. <laughs> Uh, no, this that Roger Rabbit had nothing <laughs> compared to this. Yeah, um, uh, Jessica Rabbit's nothing. Uh, think about a world where puppets are real, are, are in, in they live in our in our world with us. Like they are alive. They are you know they can be crime bosses. They can be cops. They can be all this stuff. Then so you got a, a main character who is like a grizzled kind of dirty hairy like character. All right, detective. Mm-hmm. And then you have a partner, and his partner is played by none other than Melissa McCartney. <laughs> and I gotta say, man, her humor—I love her humor. And- yeah, she's she's a, she's amazing. So just the just the outline of the movie is uh, from IMDb is when the puppet cast of an '80s children's TV show. So they're not saying the Muppets; they're just giving a blanket statement of an '80s children's TV show begins to get murdered one by one. A disgraced LP detective turned private eye puppet. And that's the guy you're talking about takes on the case. And his partner is Myth- Melissa McCarthy. You got Elizabeth Banks in this. You got Joel McHale, which Joel McHale plays an FBI agent in this. Oh, my God. <laughs> our our private eye Muppet 
destroys him on multiple occasions in this short, uh, what is it, like two and a half minute trailer? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. And I was watching this trailer at the Deadpool 2 uh, premiere last night. Not premiere, but opening night for Deadpool 2. And it was in front of Deadpool 2, obviously. This works perfectly yeah. for those two things. Oh, now, yeah. the issue I had with this movie is that in front of me was like three 10-year-old girls. Okay. So my laughter had to be put to a min because my wife was like, I don't even feel good about watching this trailer with these girls right there. And I don't blame the parents because what was in this trailer was worse than anything I saw in Deadpool 2. And I, I promise you that's 100% true. I mean, <laughs> just in the short period of time, uh, we get a rotten cotton statement. that <laughs> Basically, you got uh, puppet, puppets. Yeah, puppets, puppets of the night hanging out in the corner. And... They're offering a Melissa McCarthy a, a good time. She says, uh, would you like some rotten cotton? And Melissa McCarthy says, I'm a woman. And they're like, yeah, that makes it easier. <laughs> I mean, we have that scene. There is a sexual scene between two Muppets where it looks like one loses control of a can of silly string and just basically sprays it across the wall. I was kind of uncomfortable, dude. I got to be honest with you. I was a little bit uncomfortable. Just because the little girls were right in front of me, man. Yeah, because, I mean, it was almost like the scene from the first scary movie when the guy starts just spraying out. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it was very, very reminiscent of that or of uh, Team America. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reference right there. So, I mean, it was, I mean, it. but the thing is, is that I, I'm intrigued by it. Like, this could be something, you know, we get to see... What this kind of makes me hope because this is rated R, definitely rated R. Yes. Um, what I'm hoping is that I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, I already just seeing this. I wouldn't mind that if this got more sequels, if you know, to it because it already looks like it'd be something that I would definitely find incredibly entertaining. But what I'm hoping for is the the precedence that this could state that could create for them to move forward and make like. You know, we have the Dark Crystal series coming for Netflix, which is a prequel. What if this was to move forward and allow Jim Henson Company to create some darker Muppet-style films? Um, like, if they were to do something more along the fantasy line of the Dark Crystal, but were able to go really dark with it. That's something where I see, because, like, Ogre, to this day, from the Dark Crystal, terror, like is a nightmare creature for me. Like I remember she terrified me as a child. And if I could think of like more, like a darker, more rated R version of that, like that, like the grown up in me is like, yeah. But then the child in me is like, no daddy, I don't want to see that. It was kill me. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know. I know you're talking about sequels already. I don't know about that for this movie, man. I, I'll, First thing I saw when I got out of Deadpool 2 is I hopped on Twitter and uh, put a little response out there I had for the movie. But also, I saw all the hatred for Happy Time Murders trailer. And a lot of people are just saying how, how disgusting it was or how bad it looked. Now, my sense of humor is going to let me allow me to love this movie. Now, this might not hit everybody's sense of humor. This might be way over the top for them. But I enjoy way over the top, you know, comedies or... You know, where a joke is, is funny, then they continue the joke, and it's not funny, then they continue the joke a little bit longer, then it's funny again. 
that's kind of what this movie had at the end there with the silly string can, you know, it was funny. They're like, okay, okay, let's move on. And then it's, it was funny again. So this could be just completely over the top. And I can honestly see this movie doing like extremely well because of the, the writing in it with the puppets and the humans, or I could see this movie really tank bad because they go over the top way too much. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it's, it is, I mean, it's Jim Henson's company and Fox basically playing with that, with that, we struck gold with the Deadpool character. Can we strike gold being derogatory and go in a little further with this? Well, oh, let's just test it out. They test, not only did they test it out, they broke through the wall and smashed it and said, let's just go triple X. Because they could have just eased into it a little bit and made, you know what I'm saying? But Yeah, no, no, I get you, I get but you. But they're like, this, this one's just... greenlit, we just gotta go for it. Which I understand, and I'm happy they did. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. So, that's what we got for trailer talk. Now, I wanted to go into some rumors. And uh, we haven't had rumors for a little bit, but we do got some right now. And the rumors, one thing is, is that, like me, we talked about the mummy and stuff. We talked about the dark universe from universal studios and basically that it had gotten shut down and it wasn't going to be a thing. However, there are now, uh, rumors that have been going on for like, the, like the last couple of days that a artist, uh, has been asked, uh, that an artist and then a screenwriter has, for the, has been asked to reconfigure plans for the dark, uh, the dark universe, what's left of it, to move forward. We're talking, uh, so we're talking about Javier Bardem's Frankenstein and uh, uh, Johnny Depp's The Invisible Man. So it's looking like they are actually, Universal Studios is moving forward with this stuff. So I'm, I'm actually excited to see how they go about this, what they choose to do, um, if it's going to be connected to this stuff, but they should so move. That's, they should move forward with it. They should because it's like I mean, the I mummy was really, good. It just it was. It just didn't. They didn't. They didn't market it well enough at all. And, and it's just because I. And it's the same thing that happened to Blade twenty forty nine. I said this before in a previous podcast. We got sick. The narrative out there on the interwebs was that remakes and and redos were sick of that. Can we get some original content? And Blade Runner twenty forty nine comes out and everybody's like, oh, they're remaking that again. That was actually a really good remake. But nobody went and saw it in the theater because of this narrative that's posted out there. And that's the same thing that happened to The Mummy. And that was actually a good Mummy movie. So yeah, hopefully they stick with it. And, you know, and if somebody yeah. sees a Frankenstein movie, that's not really doing a remake. Yeah, it's been done before. But Javier doing it? I mean, come on. People are going to jump at that, man. I know. I mean, Javier Bardem as the monster. Yeah, that I'm is so insane. I, yeah. Like, he's such a he's such a charismatic actor. And owns every single role. I mean, if you've seen No Country for Old Men, you know. I mean, that character alone was basically Frankenstein. Like, he just was, like, <laughs> creepy as hell. Yeah, that was... You, uh, you put that into Undead Flesh, you got... I mean, he's got this. He has this. He will scare the shit out of you. Now, outside of that, the other movie you mentioned was Johnny Depp and the Visible Man. And I'm not excited as excited for that as Frankenstein. The Invisible Man's been done in different... Uh, variations throughout you know movies you know kevin bacon and then they did a remake but it's been done before and 
Johnny Depp can wear me down a little bit. Um, I do like him in some things, and some things I just don't really like him in. Uh, the Murder on the Train movie, my wife made me watch. I forget even the name of it. Uh, Murder on the Orient. Murder on the Orient Express. I didn't that care. Movie's amazing. Ah, uh, see, I just don't care, man. I, oh so, man, so, that's what I mean. Some things for me fall flat with him. I know he's a great actor. Maybe Invisible Man will work great. Uh, that, see, Harvier is a perfect Frankenstein. They they they're throwing names out there. Tom Cruise was good for Money, uh, the Mummy. I'm yeah. sorry, but they're throwing names out there, big names to try to pull this in. Sometimes unknown unknown names or you know obscure names or you know just pull something out is better than adding a Johnny Depp to something. Yeah, but you know, I agree. We'll see. You know, I could be completely wrong. It could be fantastic. Now, this next one comes from TMZ, so you can kind of you can take it with a grain of salt. However, they have been right with a lot of their stuff that they come out with. So. Uh, they claim that they have an official synopsis for the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Now, the thing is, it has not been announced that Kenobi is actually being made. However, however, we know that Ewan McGregor has been te- has been grow- having the he has the Obi-Wan Kenobi haircut. He has the beard back and he's been training like madman with his original trainers from the prequels. So that being said, we're getting a Kenobi movie. I'm just I'm just calling it right now. And we have the f- fan made trailer. Yeah, we have the, the Kenobi movie of oh that that looks really good though. That was a really good fan made trailer. Yeah, and the funny thing is though that fan made trailer actually kind of covers very close to what the synopsis supposedly is. Well, Basically, hopefully, the synopsis says sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but oh. hopefully the TMZ is not just pulling off that trailer and then writing their own synopsis on it. But TMZ, like you said, they actually do get a lot of things right. Yeah. So right now they're saying. Uh, the synopsis for the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, the long rumored to be next entry in the a Star Wars story anthology film series uh, with Stephen Daldry attached as the helmer. Uh, now, that's also, uh, we're all hoping for Lando, guys. I'm hoping for Lando Calrissian story because uh, we need more of that character played by Donald Glover. We need more of Donald Glover. <laughs> Yeah, just yeah, that's it. But he's just an amazing actor and peer. Anyway, back to this. According to their report, Obi Wan comes out of hiding on Tatooine due to tensions between the local farmers and a tribe of sand people. Dun dun dun. This sounds familiar. I mean, that kind of happened with Luke. Uh, however, that report has since been quickly shot down. <laughs> being a, co- uh, a copy of the synopsis for an old novel in the expanded universe line. So. That's one of the things that's been shut down. But then they brought up another part that they said that the that that part was shut down. However, there is a tie back to this being a that there was they're they're tying it to saying that there is a synopsis out there supposedly that follows Kenobi. He's walking around as at the dunes on Tatooine. It's going to basically would take place on Tatooine, but he's. He's grizzled. He still has some of his clone trooper armor. In fact, uh, a lot of people that have stated this say that the people behind Sideshow Collectibles that created the they created the Kenobi, the younger Kenobi uh, figure, which blended attributes of Ewan McGregor and uh, of the original of original Obi and young Obi. So it's going to basically they, they blended young Obi and older Obi together. And one of the things I thought that that's cool about this is that, that it's going to talk about where what that supposedly Obi has Kenobi's saber or not Kenobi has Qui-Gon's saber. You know, so th- there's a lot of stuff going around with this stuff. 
so, main thing is is stay stay tuned to your social media for like you and McGregor and stuff like that because he keeps posting stuff up and you know one of the first people that's going to say something about this film is going to be you and McGregor. So this is going to be after episode three, correct? Yeah, between episode after, three and episode yes. four. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. So this is gonna that's that place. missing time that we have of Obi Wan, which I still could because we haven't had epi- we'll have episode nine out by then. We'll have Solo, we'll have Episode 9, then isn't there a Boba Fett? Boba Fett, supposedly, Boba yes. Boba Fett, supposedly, in there. Okay. But we, but I mean, we, you know, I'm still hoping to find out that, that Ray's uh, a Kenobi somehow. <laughs> yeah, there's those rumors out there, isn't there? Yeah, so this could be, you know, it's it's just, it's all hopeful on that, on that note, but Going from, so if you were to jump out outside of the rumors, Dark Universe is one of the things that's got me the most jazzed about because I really wanted to see stuff. Uh, they don't mention in it Wolfman or Gil- or the Creature from the Black Lagoon, which were all supposed to be part of that. But it's the gonna, fact that they're it's talking gonna about... Pre- on, it's going to be based yeah. on the success of the... Of, if they create more, yeah. it's going to be the based on the success of those two, man. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to so get like, the, the, the more you know, ancillary characters. Frankenstein's much bigger name. Doing hitting on the recap. You've been trying to get this out for a while now. Let me jump into the movies real quick, man. Let okay. me do that. Cause this is what I got guys. I got two really bad movies and I got two really good movies. And so I'm going to fly through the bad movies quickly and this all uh spoiler free. I'm not going to join. I'm not going to go too deep into these super troopers too. I saw this a couple weeks ago, broken lizard, yeah, it, it felt like to me like these guys had 20 years to write a movie and then they finally got the funding for it and they decided to write it in a weekend. That's how it oh. that's how it came across to me. Oh. The old jokes didn't hit. Not only that, but some of the best scenes from Super Troopers 1 was the actual police work of pulling over the characters across the highway and talking to them. They actually do that in a montage. Which is just frustrating all hell. And when I saw that, I was like, you got to be kidding me. The opening scene is really funny. It's extremely funny, the opening scene. Rob Lowe in it is really funny. I enjoyed Rob Lowe in it. And the the only character that still held on to me from the previous movie is Farva. He was funny throughout the movie. The rest of the characters really fell flat for me. I didn't like any of their storylines. The jokes kind of didn't hit. You know, they're supposed to be, uh, you can see in the trailer, they're supposed to be, you know, Canadian troopers or what do you call them? Uh, uh, Mounties. 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 Again, that's in a small montage. It It's just bad. It's getting 33% on Rotten Tomato right now. I, I probably give it a three or four out of 10. So, I, I, you know, anybody going up there to try to see it, just wait till it hits DVD and watch it at home. I wasted too much money seeing that movie because I was a little hyped for it. Now, another thing that I got dragged into and it's I Feel Pretty, Amy Schumer's newest movie. I love Amy Schumer. I love the the uh, her show on Comedy Central, Inside Amy Schumer. Her first movie, uh, Trainwreck, was really great. Then she came out with uh, Dirty Scoundrels. or Anyways, it doesn't even matter. That movie was garbage. And I, I waste my time seeing that. My wife really wanted to see this. I love Amy Schumer. I was like, yeah, let's go see it. It looks okay. 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, I'd probably give it a 3 or 4%. Uh, the only thing that made me laugh throughout the movie is three or four women sitting behind me about four or five rows in the movie theater kept on cracking up at every little tiny joke, which made me laugh because I was laughing at them. So I did enjoy myself, but that was just because I enjoyed myself because of other people in the movie theater. That's 
Amy Schumer has to pull it out. I don't know who's helping her do these movies, but she's a smart writer. Her stand-up comedy is fantastic. She got to pull out the garbage and start getting some good stuff out there. That's This is two bombs in a row for her. I don't know if the movie made any money. It shouldn't make any money. But uh, just complete trash for me. I was really I was really upset that I sat through that garbage. Okay. <laughs> next one, which was... Tell a, me how you really feel. Yeah, I know. Well, next one is an Oscar-nominated movie. Uh, actually, Oscar-winning nominated movie. Was three, board by, three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Great movie. I don't need to say too much about this. It's been out for a while, but I just finally watched it actually last night. Francis McDormand, Francis McDormand was unbelievable in this movie man Woody Harrelson was great actually and the, the breakout for me was Sam Rockwell he was really good in this movie and you didn't really see him in the trailer that much you just saw him you, you saw him as yeah, one I didn't know sh- he was in it at all yeah he's the sh- he's one of the sheriffs but he plays a much bigger role in this movie than you realize and Francis McDormand is fantastic Woody Harrelson's great all the little ancillary characters throughout this little sitting in Ebbing Missouri it's 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 really beautifully done it's beautifully shot and you see the trailer and you see the screenshots of her she's wearing like a blue like mechanic outfit she doesn't take that off throughout the whole movie i don't think i saw her wear something else she actually goes out to dinner on a date wearing that thing which made me laugh but really good movie okay so i just wanted to get through those quickly damien because what i did go see last night and i've mentioned it a couple times so far is deadpool 2 and I'll be seeing it. Uh, I'll be yeah, seeing it this tomorrow. is. I'm not going to ruin anything for you, man. It's getting 83% on Rotten Tomato, which I'm right there with. 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. IMDb. So you're not going to waste your time, Damien. I'm. I'm just letting you know right now. What I will tell you is that the things that hit in the first movie, like breaking the fourth wall, the opening scene in the first movie of him kind of on the highway shooting and telling a story. They tried to pull that off again in the second movie and didn't hit for me like the first movie did. Um, I would like I really I really want you to pay attention to that opening scene and, and tell me okay. what you think. The fourth wall, breaking of the fourth wall, it was really funny the first movie, and they kind of just doubled down on it again. And they did it a lot more this movie. It didn't wear me down or anything like that. The spoilers, the Easter eggs in this movie, you're gonna love, dude. I can't, okay. I can't wait till you see uh, two of the Easter eggs. You're gonna you're gonna flip out. How's Peter? Peter's good. Peter's okay. Peter's really funny. He's okay. he's he's really funny. The X Force the X Force cast is great. Uh, Domino, you seen it in the trailer. She says that she's lucky, and he says that's not a superpower. And she says it is a superpower. She's lucky, man. <laughs> that's just okay. That's all there is to it. She's ex- she's um, beautifully lucky. Now, one of the characters that you really liked in Deadpool one was supersonic teenage negasonic teenage warhead i always forget her name megasonic teenage warhead you get a little bit less of her in this movie not so much i will i kind of expected that just because of the fact of how many characters are in it yeah what and she looks a little bit different too uh she looks a lot cooler i like her suit in this one and she's uh they did bring her out as a lesbian she has a girlfriend and that ties in really well with Deadpool, with Wade and uh, as Deadpool as and his her girlfriend. It's really funny the dynamic between those two throughout the movie. It's just a little yeah. thing that y- you see the the major character that you seen in the in the in the trailer the the kid with the looked like Pyro almost. Yeah, he's really good too. He's funny man. Uh, so anyways, I don't want to spoil too much. I just wanted to tell you you're not wasting your time. I give it an eight out of ten myself. 
I really enjoyed it. I probably give Deadpool one like a nine or a nine out of five because it's definitely better to me. Right now, 83% are Rotten Tomatoes and Avengers Affinity War is getting 84%. And I really love Avengers Affinity War. So it's right up there with them, man. That is really cool. Something I wanted to throw in, uh, which was movie talk, but it's something that should have been thrown in in the trailers or rumors, but it's not a rumor, is that Titan Scribe, uh, so people who did Wrath of the Titans and the Rampage film most oh, recently, okay, uh, are doing a comic book film. This is a comic that not, it's just one of the smaller comics. This is one of those comics that like more like something that you and I would find and really like. Uh, in fact, I remember laughing when I saw it and was and actually when we went to the comic store, saw one of the comics and I actually started looking at this comic and now there's a film being made by Universal, which is Cowboy Ninja Viking. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Cowboy, yeah. Cowboy Ninja Viking is being put made into a film with Chris Pratt helming the part of the assassin slash like Merc that can take on the various skill sets of a cowboy a ninja and a viking <laughs> I, he could pull that off because yeah i was just gonna it, say yeah. if anybody could pull this off it's chris, chris pratt can pull it off so i just wanted to throw that in there i'm excited about that uh like i said i i just started looking up digital versions of that comic and looking into it and so it's that to, to know that this is a thing going forward i'm like yeah and the fact that it's chris pratt all right so this is something that i've been wanting to talk about for a while, but Damien just for some reason can't get himself away from Sea of Thieves to watch Jessica Jones season two. <laughs> oh no, it's been other shows. Yeah, I know, I understand. <laughs> so Jessica Jones season two, where I start with season two of Jessica Jones is where I leave it after the thirteenth episode, and that is with Kristen Ritter. I feel like without her cast as Jessica Jones this season would have crashed and burned. Like, really bad, horribly for me. Christian is the embodiment of Jessica Jones. The same way we feel Gal Gadot is for Wonder Woman or John Bernthal is for Punisher. That's how I feel now. Maybe I feel that way because JJ has not been as portrayed by anybody else in the MCU. But Christian Ritter is the best thing about Season 2. As I felt Kilgrave played by David Tennant was the best part of Season 1. The season one overall arc pulls along slowly as a superhero show and as i hit the fifth episode the only time jj shows her powers were were to show some type of strength either not to give off the vibe of dasmal distress or to break a chain or a door lock to gain entry to whatever location she was investigating at the point and when she was showing strength it was just she was putting herself in like a bad situation in a bar or something like that and so she had to show the guy that she was tough and she couldn't be manhandled that's the only time we've seen strength in the first part. It was slow burn there. The season brings her powers on very slowly and gives a more depressed JJ that is trying to work through some of her personal issues. She starts off by taking on meetings and listening to people's cases and trying to hold on to some type of normal life as a, as a PI. Again, Malcolm is back and, and he is clean and sober. Kilgrave is not holding him on to you know being a junkie anymore. And he's trying to help Jessica find peace and and also find cases to take on to keep her busy and these cases come through alias they happen to stumble onto a case that links her to her past and maybe how she got her superpowers 
So that kind of projects us and shoots us into the second half of the season a little bit. The show takes off from there as Jessica, Trish, and Malcolm start looking to a company called IGH, Industrial Garment and Handling, which the name is just a front for whatever's happening behind the closed doors. Now, IGH is a secret research laboratory of genetic technology clinic involved in covert and illegal human experiments. One of its projects was the employment of genetic editing for medical purposes, which has had side effects on subjects that developing superhuman abilities. And so this is what they're investigating. Malcolm is good this season, helping with the IGH case. He plays a good recovering addict that needs to stay busy, keep his mind busy, busy work, he always says. Through the season, he is putting JJ's apartment back together from season one where it was all smashed apart and fixing the whole painting, etc. It was really enjoyable trying to watch him just try to put Jessica's life back together by helping himself put his life back together. Very interesting part there, and I, li- I like the fact that they carried that over from season one. Malcolm in this season gets a bigger role in Alias and kind of goes off on its own at certain points in the season. Some that are not explained well and some that do make sense. Overall, Malcolm character developed and grow by the season end. I'm excited to see where Malcolm goes from season three. And at the end of season two, we see kind of where he's projected to go and it's going to be interesting. Another character that I was really excited about is Trish Walker, Patsy, Trish. Shows us a lot of change in season two than what we saw in season one. Her character this season goes a couple different directions and they mostly involve around her investigation of IGH, which she is trying to help Jessica lock down her past and Give her some peace about her past. Now, Jessica wants to protect Trish. She doesn't want Trish to get involved into this investigation, but Trish wants to take on a bigger role in the investigation. Trish also finds out another IGH side project was developed with drugs that increase the user's strength and reflexes, though these have detrimental side effects in the user's mind. Now, one of the past characters, Will Simpson. Now, Will was in part of the season one, and he shows up briefly in season two. He has some type of inhaler that when he inhales it, kind of like if you have asthma or something of that sort, bronchitis, and your doctor describes you an inhaler, that gave him the superpower and super strength and reflexes that was created by HGH. Now, something happens and Trish gets a hold of this, and she starts taking this medicine to give her super strength and it kind of gives her that side effect, that detrimental side effect that we talked about a second ago. And she starts wearing down and breaking down as the season goes along. She's losing control of herself. And it kind of goes down a dark path for Trish. Now, since Trish has taken this medicine and gave herself super ability, super strength, this kind of projects that Trish Walker in season three could be the hero Hellcat or the superhero Hellcat, maybe not the hero. And that might be what pushes season three through is Jessica Jones has to stop her from going off the wall because she's kind of losing it in season two. So we'll see how that goes in season three. A little bit of spoiler there. But the show's been out for a couple months. Come on, guys. And side characters that we talk about, Jerry Hogarth, the attorney at large, has a bigger role to play in season two. Her character takes on a much heavier load in her personal life And she tries to weave through and find a solution to solve a problem. And the problem is that she is sick. She has a serious medical issue that she needs to figure out and fix. Otherwise, the other two attorneys at her law firm are going to take over the law firm because it's something in the contract that says if you are sick and you can't do your duties, then they can basically just push her out of the law firm. 
Jerry still is around to help JJ out and vice versa. JJ's there to help her. And by season in, we see where her character is going to go and it might have a larger role in season three. Three. I am looking forward for Jerry in season three. She was good in season two. She wasn't as connected to Jessica as much as her personal issues uh, she was dealing with. But that was that was okay with me. I liked it. I'm, I'm curious to see where season three goes. And so the second half of Jessica Jones, she's dealing with what she discovers at IGH. And that in the car wreck that killed all her family... And they sold her when she was in the emergency room in the ER. They sold her to IGH because they couldn't save her. And that which IGH experimented on her and gave her the super abilities and the superpowers. This was something that... So now back to Jessica and the kind of the second half of the season. Where she is trying to dig up her past and solve some issues, personal issues that she discovered from IGH. She was in a car wreck with their family at an early age. They found her in the ER. The doctors couldn't really save her. Basically kind of gave her to IGH. And that's the experiments that gave her the superpowers. And that also healed her. But what they didn't tell her is that her mother was also in IGH. And the doctor had healed her mother too. The problem is, is the side effects of what they did to her were greater than what they did to Jessica. Jessica had actually had a chance to live a normal life. So that's why they couldn't tell her about her mother because her mother has extreme anger issues to the point where she kills people and just loses her mind and she cannot be controlled. But the doctor that has worked with her has actually taken her out of the program, fell in love with her, and has been trying to cope with her, cope with what he did to her that made her the way she is and that she can't live a normal life anymore. And so they kind of live out in the cabin in the woods and she has a, her own panic room and she has to be locked down every time she goes to bed. And Jessica's mom's kind of a nutcase. But once Jessica finds out that her mother's alive in half a season two, and what I mean by that is that she has to figure out what to do between being a daughter and loving her mother and trying to have a normal relationship with her. But also the cops want her mother because she murdered somebody. And what is the best thing to do for her is to turn her into the to police. But she doesn't really want to do that because she doesn't want to lose her mother again. So it gets into this little tug of war with inside Jessica that she has to do with. The second half is a little bit faster, more superhero powers I like, and it's a little bit better for me. The first half was fun, but it just was a little bit slower and I didn't enjoy it as much. I think I would have enjoyed this season if it was just Christian Ritter as Jessica Jones being a PI with a drinking problem, solving cases. Now take away the superpowers from Jones and in a case that unravels to her chasing a serial killer instead of her mother and we get a really cool series starring Christian Ritter. So that's why I just didn't like this season as much as I did season one. And plus season one had Kilgrave, which is just one of the best characters of all time and especially in a Netflix series. Now a little bit of sign tantrum here. And this kind of started because I listened to Howard Stern. Howard Stern said that, and he loves all these superhero Netflix shows. And he talks about them all the time when you watch them. But he said something that stuck with me about superhero shows. And that is, can we have a little bit more superpowers in these shows? And I know we're trying to normalize them or normalize them. So the human interaction seems more legitimate. But can we see more powers? JJ in the comics has his hand strikes, endurance, and she can also fly. 
I understand the no flight. I, I get it. See Smallville. If you add flight in, it takes away some of the abusive, the basic human interactions that we love of the series between everyday people and Jessica Jones and superheroes. Daredevil, you know, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. I don't even want to say his name. But can we have some more everyday use of her powers? Just some. It's just like, ah. It's not just JJ. It's every series on Netflix so far. Second thing. Can we stop having Christian Ritter as Jessica Jones run in large Doc style boots. It's insane. She can't run on those. Her she's gonna break an ankle. She doesn't look good running on running on screen. And then you just put those big boots on her. It looks even more ridiculous. So we gotta stop that. But overall, I give Jessica season two a six point five out of ten. Not as interesting to me as season one. And in the in the Netflix superhero season ranks, it's in front of. Iron Fist, and it's better than Defenders, but it's not better than any other seasons that's yeah, been I out mean, so far. So that's I Jessica Jones one of the season hard two. Things I have with this is, as I know that they're building these characters up, but I have a hard time because you know I know where these character, where these characters, Jessica Jones and you know uh, Luke Cage, which the Luke Cage season two trailer looks really good, going against Bushmaster. Um, I like the I like the buildup of this. And I love Rosario Dawson's uh, Night Nurse character. Like I, I just it. I love her character, but it's hard to see her in a relationship with Luke Cage because I know that doesn't work. Anybody that's a fan knows that that's not going to work. Knows that that Jessica Jones and Luke Cage have kid super kids together. <laughs> yeah, and Rosario Dawson's character in, in season two, and in Defenders, and in Iron Fist, just didn't work for me, man. Just the cross, it just didn't work for me. It worked really good for Daredevil 1, and then Jessica Jones 1, and then Luke Cage 1. And after that, it just, especially Iron Fist, it felt they just shoehorned her in so hard. It just didn't work for me at all. How do you feel, though, that Jessica Jones 2 opens up without even a mention, without even a hint of what happened in the Defenders? Part of me feels that she's that maybe that's her way of getting past it. I mean, they just, because this is the thing is they doesn't even look like Luke Cage is going to mention it right off the bat from the trailer. So I, I feel like you got these people that were the, these super people who, uh, they're, they're having to go on with the loss. They have to go on and still be, be able to help people. And if they harp on the past, so they harp on the losses, then how are they supposed to do what they're, what they're here to do? They're and not going to be able to help people. I understand that. I just think it's more of a continuity thing. If you're trying, yeah, to, yeah, if you're trying I, I, to tie all these you. people in, and then you don't mention anything in Defenders. One thing, though, I I was thinking that, uh, and I know you've watched a couple episodes, is that her office or apartment was trashed in season one, and it show it still shows it trashed in season two, and actually Malcolm's kind of fixing it throughout yeah. season two. I really like that. There's continuity there. I really yeah, like yeah, that yeah. continuation of him just kind of helping her out and repairing the apartment. That stuff was really great to me, man. Uh, and Malcolm's role expanding and Trisha's role expanding and even Jerry's role expanding. It was all good. It's just It was a little weird that it kind of just felt like it started right after season one of Jessica Jones. Yeah. So what I've been wanting to talk about <laughs> has been Magicians 3. Season three. season three magicians. Season three. I, I, you know, there we have season four coming. 
that is that is a go. God, I love this series so damn much. Like, I don't, I can't. It's hard to talk about the series because the way that they do the series, if you talk about it, you're you are spoiling so much. But what I want to tell you guys is that if you are an adult that you have more of a grown-up's sense of humor, but you like the fantasy of Harry Potter, and you you really dig into that, and you haven't started watching Magicians, watch it. Start it off. You can watch it on Netflix. This is the other great thing is is that sci-fi started doing things different where they don't edit the things out. If it's on, if it's on at a certain time of night, then it's like, okay, we're not going to take the cursing out. We're not going to bleep it out. We're not going to cover up, you know, blur things out. It's all there. So instead of, I got this season, season three, I got to watch it. And it was like, I was watching it already streaming on Netflix and they were able to take a series and make me feel like I was on this long epic adventure so this 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 whole this whole season has been about has been a a quest and it has been a brilliant and entertaining and sometimes like heart like wrenching quest that they've been on but so magical and so well executed and I gotta say, they did have another musical episode, and I'm probably gonna have to go back and actually watch Glee now because I'm realizing something is that their first musical episode they had I really liked, and this musical episode that they did this season I really really liked. So maybe that, or I just need to go see some plays or something like that. <laughs> but I'm just musical, saying, musical episodes can be good, man. Yeah, they they've done the writers are just so good with them. They, it, it's the characters are just into it so well uh there's a lot of twists and turns in this good guys who are people who you thought were the good guys definitely not (laughs) and people who you thought were the bad guys you start finding out why they are the way they are and um it it flips it around for you it makes you it awakens you to what the writers wanted you to feel and what they, you know, they wanted to make stand out. So this season, if I had to give it like a ranking out of the three seasons, I have to say that this is my favorite season because just, it was whimsical. It pulls in it like the, the direction that they're going, they could take this and they could do another three, four seasons with the direction they're going now because of things that were unexpected that happened. And I want, I, I would love, like, I would love to get you know, like if you to watch Nick, you go through this. I'd love for you to get through this. If you had the time, sometime. Yeah, I've been trying and then to actually be able to do, I would like to do an episode where we go back and talk season one, two, three and talk about it. And like, we could do it as a preparation for season four kind of thing. Yeah. I could try to do that. Yeah. But- because of me and you personally lost the streaming service that we love so much, I never got a chance to start watching it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all on demand right now. Season okay, yeah. three. All right. And season one and two are on Netflix. I have to watch season one and two because I haven't yeah. seen any of them. Okay. Well, yeah. If you start watching them on Netflix and then before season 
four is on, it'll be on Netflix. And it's like 13 episodes. Okay. That's basically it for this week. Went a little bit longer than we typically do, but we've had a lot to talk about and we're trying to get things going. We have to, have to, have to catch up on Westworld and start giving out because but as the season goes on, our predictions are not going to make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or yeah. they're going to so, be spoiled. So we have to get our predictions out there at some point because okay, so I've you, already had one that uh, I thought was going to happen, but by see episode three, I was like, oh, it doesn't make sense anymore. Okay, so we will get we'll get our predictions out there, and so that that's that'll be something else you guys can you guys can be expecting for next week's episode. Also, we're gonna have a special episode with the guys from the podcast, the PUBG podcast that we mentioned earlier, Hot Drop. We're gonna do a special PUBG episode and talk to those guys and just all things PUBG about Miramar dropping on Xbox, and they're gonna walk you guys through it how the best way to play PUBG and how to play on Miramar. And we'll keep we'll keep these special episodes coming at you. Uh, once we will also be doing a uh, after we've seen solo episode, probably with our buddy uh, Jay from uh, Nintendo Quest and from uh, uh, the Galaxy of Hope. So we'll be coming back on for us to do something, talk about our, you know our views of uh, a Star Wars story. And with that, guys, you can find me on Twitter. At Mr. Damian Nash. You can find us on our Facebook page, Geekologist Radio. Check our Discord with the link to wherever you download this fine podcast. And Nick, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nick and PDX and go Cobra Kai. Oh my God. Cobra Kai, we're going to be talking about that next week. I'm two episodes in, man. <laughs> I'm two episodes in too. I need to get I need to get my informa- the information from you so that I can watch the rest of them. All right, no worries. So, <laughs> with that, everybody, we are out of here. <laughs>